0: You're listening to the HFO Multifamily Market Watch podcast. Apartment owners who need to know trust HFO, the leading source for multifamily information in Oregon and Washington. Welcome back to HFO's Multifamily Market Watch podcast. It's Monday, October 4th. I'm Mike Pierce, HFO Research Analyst. The big stories from this past week. Washington extends the moratorium eviction bridge along with Washington County in Oregon. We discuss why multifamily is still the most favored asset class. Let's define suburban living and how multifamily rentals fit in and Seattle area home prices take the biggest 12 month jump ever. HFO's podcasts are sponsored by the real estate and construction firm of Baljanic LLP. HFO is your leading multifamily real estate firm in Oregon and Washington. Now onto our news briefing. The Washington moratorium extension was granted as counties continue working to get relief funds out to more renters. The move comes after Seattle's extension of its pandemic-related eviction moratoriums by executive order of the mayor on Tuesday. Mayor Jenny Durkin cited the current wave of Delta variant cases and the ongoing effort to distribute aid to tenants with rent debt as reasons for the city's extension. Washington is one of several states that enacted a moratorium against evictions as a result of the ripple effect of COVID-19 pandemic on households, including hospitalizations, death, and job loss over layoffs. Evictions with 60-day notice are still allowed when the landlord intends to sell or move into the property, or if an affidavit declares that the tenant created health or safety problems. Inslee has extended the moratorium protection several times. Through the end of July, landlords were prevented from evicting tenants for past due rent during the pandemic until rental assistance and eviction resolution programs were in place in their county. As of August 1st, tenants were expected to either fully pay their rent or a lower amount when negotiated to be actively seeking rental aid. The state requires landlords to offer reasonable repayment plans to people behind on rent during the pandemic, before any eviction process, among other measures. Across Oregon, more than 36,000 households have requested more than $251 million in rent and utility assistance, but only about 19% or 6,900 renters have received aid so far. Washington County contracted with Community Action in March 2021, However, Community Action was working with other state-funded programs for rental assistance, which expired at the end of June 2021. While some county ERA funds were expended prior to June 30th, Community Action began deploying ERA and other funds more significantly in July of 2021. It is important to note that while the agency did not use these funds until July, the agency was using funds from other sources to support households in need. A total of almost $30 million has been delivered since March 2020. Community Action has expanded its emergency rent assistance staff to 30 people dedicated to rental application processing. It affects roughly 262,000 people. The U.S. Census reports that about 38% of people in the county are renters, so that would roughly affect 100,000 people. Why is multifamily still the most favored asset class? 18 months into a pandemic that some thought would undermine the apartment sector for the foreseeable future. Rent growth in some markets has exceeded pre-pandemic levels while investors' interest is as keen as ever. That's despite potential headwinds, some deriving from the pandemic and others from legislation making its way through Congress. Since the onset of the pandemic, an average of 95% of apartment renters are making full or partial payments each month. Most recently, though, that has dropped by 7 percentage points. That hesitancy is having a ripple effect among small businesses located near currently empty office buildings. In the meantime, there's $46 billion in rental relief monies allocated by Congress. The rollout of the funds has been slow as it passes through multiple jurisdictions. Congress's potential impact on the industry isn't limited to the Emergency Rental Assistance Program. The prospects of a 1031 exchange to lawmakers' efforts to fund wide-ranging investments in infrastructure, as well as other tax issues pertinent to real estate. The infrastructure program likely will mean tax increases for the industry's highest earners, but the increases will come because they're making money, not because they're making it from real estate. In an environment that has become increasingly competitive due to all the capital in the marketplace, potential tax headwinds and regulatory headwinds, multifamily is still the most favored asset class. Let's define suburban living and how does multifamily rentals fit in. Renters are now the majority in 103 suburbs that were previously homeowner territory 10 years ago. And 57 suburbs are expected to follow suit in the next five years. The very definition of suburban living has been rewritten throughout the last decade. As suburbs of the nation's 50 largest metros gained 4.7 million people since 2010, a whopping 79% of whom were renters, according to the latest U.S. Census data. Today, about 21 million people rent a suburban home in the 50 largest U.S. metros, 3.7 million more than 10 years ago. What's more, between 2010 and 2019, the number of suburban renters grew by 22%, a number that dwarfs the 3% increase in suburban homeowners during the same period. Due to these changes in numbers since 2010, renters claim the majority share of 103 suburbs, while only four suburbs transitioned to owner-majority in the same time frame. Moreover, the latest census data shows that nearly two out of every five people in today's suburbias are renters, making an average share of 39% in the suburbs of our largest metros. This is a trend that we will be following closely. Seattle-area home prices take their biggest 12-month jump ever. Seattle has clocked another month of record-breaking home price growth, but it's not good news for everybody. Seattle-area home prices climbed 25.5% year-over-year in July, the third-fastest increase in the country behind Phoenix and San Diego, and and Seattle's highest-ever 12-month jump, according to the latest S&P CoreLogic, released Tuesday. The index reports a three-month rolling average of home prices and lags by two months. Nationally, prices climbed nearly 20% year-over-year in July, according to Case Schiller, July 2020 was still early in the pandemic, but prices in the Seattle area were already on the rise as potential sellers held onto their homes and buyers looked to take advantage of low interest rates. CoreLogic Deputy Chief Economist Selma Hupp says the surges are due to investment buyers, millennial home shoppers, and people that just want to move up with bigger budgets helped drive price increases over the last year. The slim housing supply hasn't helped either. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with a new edition of Multifamily Market Watch. Be sure to check out our most recent HFO TV interviews. Latest video features Michael Anderson discussing updates to the Portland Exclusionary Zone. HFO TV interviews are available on our website or our YouTube channel. You can always stay up to date on multifamily news throughout the week by visiting or subscribing to the Northwest Apartment Investor blog, available on our website. Thanks for listening and talk to you next week. Stay in the know with HFO. Listen to podcasts, read the latest news, or watch exclusive HFO TV interviews. Connect to our blog, podcasts, or video interviews directly from our website at hfore.com.